Coming up today, Pastor Ray Bentley on the celebration of the Feast of Tabernacles. We're all going to be celebrating the Feast of Tabernacles. And Jesus, I believe, when He comes and brings His kingdom, will literally sit on a throne in the city of Jerusalem. It's like eternity and heaven and the earth are one. And for a thousand years, Jesus rules the nations. Spread Welcome to Maranatha Radio with Pastor Ray Bentley. Maranatha, bringing the message of Christ soon return, the whole gospel to the whole world. When God's presence enters the scene, it often triggers miraculous change. We see how Moses' face glowed as God's glory came near. God's glory was on tremendous display at the Transfiguration. And today we'll see how God's presence will change our future. It can even change our present. Let's open our Bibles to the Gospel of Luke, chapter 9. And the title of the message is, Jesus is the Shekinah. As I mentioned, we're going to talk about the glory of the Lord, the history of the glory of the Lord. So we pick up now with verse 28. Now it came to pass about eight days after these sayings that he took Peter, John, and James and went up on the mountain to pray. As he prayed, the appearance of his face was altered, and his robe became white and glistening. And behold, two men talked with him who were Moses and Elijah, who appeared in glory and spoke of his death, which he was about to accomplish in Jerusalem. Now, stay there for just a moment. I want to go through some scriptures in your notes. The presence of God and the glory. Um, Israel first saw the glory of the Lord when they left Egypt and headed for the Red Sea, actually on their way to the Promised Land. Notice that they were leaving Egypt, in that sense, perhaps Egypt as a type of the world. They are resisting then the world and headed for the Promised Land. And in Exodus chapter 40, verses 34 and 35, let's read this scripture out loud. Then the cloud covered the tabernacle of meeting And the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle, and Moses was not able to enter the tabernacle of meeting, because the cloud rested above it, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. So God now comes and manifests himself in this tabernacle that, by the way, was made with animal skins on the outside, you remember, and the glory would come and shine through the skins of the animals, translucent, brilliant, beautiful light. Those animal skins where the light shone through them, kind of like a tent, and that's what it was called, the tent of meeting, was a picture ultimately of Christ himself. When now, on the Mount of Transfiguration, the glory of God shines through the skin of Jesus the Messiah. But we get ahead of ourselves. From the tabernacle, the glory was transferred to the temple. And Second Chronicles chapter 7, verses 1 through 3, let's read this scripture out loud. When Solomon had finished praying, fire came down from heaven and consumed the burnt offering and the sacrifices, and the glory of the Lord filled the temple. And the priests could not enter the house of the Lord because the glory of the Lord had filled the Lord's house. 
when all the children of Israel saw how the fire came down and the glory of the Lord on the temple, they bowed their faces to the ground on the pavement and worshiped and praised the Lord saying, for he is good, for his mercy endures forever. How many are glad that it doesn't say his mercy endures for a pretty long time? Because if it ran out, then we're in trouble. But for eternity, his mercy goes on. God's mercy means he doesn't give us what we deserve. Now, the glory of God came to the tabernacle, the glory of God came to the temple, it was beautiful, but then the story of the Old Testament is Ichabod. Do you know what Ichabod means? It's not just Ichabod Crane, (laughs) but Ichabod means the glory departs. The glory that was in the temple in the days of Solomon departed. Second Chronicles nine verse six says, however, and this is the queen of Sheba. Remember when she came and saw the the temple in the days of Solomon. Listen to this. However, I did not believe their words until I came and saw with my own eyes. And indeed the half of the greatness of your wisdom was not told me, you exceed the fame of which I heard. Ooh. The testimony here, the temple was created to be a house for God's glory, God's greatness, God's wisdom, but it had turned into a prop for human glory. She came and said, oh, Solomon, you are so great, you are so wise, You exceed the fame of which I heard. God was no longer the one being glorified, but unfortunately Solomon was now being glorified. Some 400 years later, talk about God being patient. 400 years later, 70 elders of the house of Israel assembled at the temple. In Ezekiel chapter eight, verses seven through 16, it says that And and imagine this, if you had gone from those days in Solomon when the glory came and the Shekinah filled the temple with the glory of the Lord and the Holy of Holies, and then we saw Solomon's heart beginning to take the glory to himself. God waited patiently 400 years later. If you and I were able to go into the temple and we can through the prophet Ezekiel, Ezekiel chapter eight, verses seven through 16, you can read it for yourselves later. It says that the 70 elders of Israel were pointed to the walls of the temple upon which had been engraved different idols. In the temple of the glory of the Lord, they all burned incense to these other gods and worshiped them literally in the face of God. How sad. It says, with all the idols of the house of Israel were carved on the wall all around. Ezekiel chapters 10 and 11 then describe how slowly, reluctantly, the glory of the Lord departed. It doesn't say that God just, you know, threw as it were his staff down and then just flew up into heaven, but slowly, Ezekiel saw the awesome cherubim. It's called the chariot of God, his throne. And here's why it's described as a chariot. There are four awesome cherubim, the highest ranking of angels, uh, who were there on the south side of the temple. Each one of the cherubim has four faces and four wings, so they can move in any direction. Beneath each angel are these 
turning wheels, that the sound of the turning of what appear to be these wheels sounds like the voice of a multitude and even of the glory of God himself. And then above that is a blue sapphire throne enshrouded with the cloud of light and fire and the one sitting upon it. Uh, that is the Lord, the glory of God himself. And so this whole scene called the supernatural chariot of the presence of God lifts up from the model made of wood, all of wood and gold, and, but the reality behind it lifts up from off the place where it is and then slowly waits and then begins to go toward the east door and goes out toward the eastern entrance to the temple, then goes out to the east gate and eventually makes its way to the eastern mountain, which would be the Mount of Olives, and even waits there, and then finally, slowly, reluctantly, ascends from the earth and goes into heaven. So in Ezekiel chapter 10, verses 18 and 19, read this scripture out loud with me. Then the glory of the Lord departed from the threshold of the temple and stood over the cherubim, and the cherubim lifted their wings and mounted up from the earth in my sight. When they went out, the wheels were beside them, and they stood at the door of the east gate of the Lord's house, and the glory of the God of Israel was above them. So he goes up and he waits. And then finally in Ezekiel 11:23, let's read this one. And the glory of the Lord went up from the midst of the city and stood on the mountain which is on the east side of the city. What mountain is that on the east side? The Mount of Olives. So here you have the Temple Mount, down the side of which is the Kidron Valley, it goes down very deep, and then it arises to the eastern mountain called the Mount of Olives. Why did the glory of the Lord wait? Why did he go so in stages? Why did he go slowly? Well, it doesn't say exactly, but the idea is, have you ever had a relationship that broke down or fell apart? You didn't want it to, but the other person was not willing to walk with you, and so slowly you had to remove yourself from them. That's what was happening to the heart of God. His slowness was his brokenness, and you might say, and again, we look at it from our human perspective, but a hope that maybe they will repent. Maybe they will stop. Maybe they will cry out for me. Maybe they will turn their backs on those other gods that are in my house and say, we miss you and we desire you and we want you and forgive us and we love you. And then when he saw them still with their backs toward him, they didn't even recognize when his presence left. Then slowly from the Mount of Olives, he ascended and the chariot throne of God's glory went up into heaven and then was not seen for a very, very long time until the Shekinah glory returned. On a cold winter night, a young couple is in Bethlehem holding in their arms the very Son of God. And we read in the Gospel of Luke chapter two, verses eight and nine. Let's read it out loud. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. That's the Shekinah of God. The Shekinah came back in the person of Jesus. Pastor Ray Bentley will have more of today's study in just a moment. 
Pastor Ray's messages continue to reach so many people every day, and we've received encouraging comments from listeners around the country. I've listened to Pastor Ray teach about God, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, along with many stories from the Bible. I always appreciated how he taught from the Word of God and made it relatable and engaging. I'm glad that his ministry continues. To Pastor Ray's family, lots of love and hugs, and God bless always. It's so encouraging to hear how Pastor Ray's teachings have touched so many lives. If you have a message to share, you can email us, ray at raybentley.com, or post a comment on our homepage, www.raybentley.com. And now more of today's message from Pastor Ray Bentley. Go back with me to Luke chapter 9. And again, let's read what took place when he was glorified. Again, verse 28, it says, Now it came to pass about eight days after these sayings that he took Peter, John, James, and went up into the mountain to pray. As he prayed, the appearance of his face was altered. So now, instead of a tent being transfigured or walls with, that are lined with cedar wood being transformed or transfigured by God's presence, it is human skin and the Son of God. His face was altered. His robe became white and glistening. That means light. And behold, two men talked with him who were Moses and Elijah who appeared in glory and spoke of his decease, which he was about to accomplish at Jerusalem. But Peter and those who were with him were heavy with sleep. I don't believe this was a, you know, don't be too hard on them. I don't think it was a natural sleep. I believe this was a supernatural uh, sleep. In fact, uh, the Hebrew word for glory means heaviness. Have you ever heard of that? That the glory of God is a heaviness. What does that mean? I mean, and I know this sounds silly, but we have an expression, man, you're heavy, man. But even that little idiom that we have, it means, you know, it's like, wow. The heaviness of God. If God were to manifest to some degree his glory here, you would not be able to sit you would be compelled by your own utter unworthiness to get off of the pew and put your face as low as you possibly could go. And in fact, many times, uh, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, uh, Moses, David, when they worship the Lord, they put their face on the ground. They literally bowed themselves in the presence of the Lord. If we believed what the word says, when we pray and enter into his presence, there ought to be some times in your prayers where you get down on your knees, literally, and put your face down and just worship the Lord because we're, we enter into the very holy of holies, the Bible says. Let us enter then with boldness. So they came in, this heavy sleep came over them, and when they were fully awake, they saw his glory and the two men who stood with him. And then it happened as they were parting from him that Peter said to Jesus, Master, it is good for us to be here. Let us make three tabernacles, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah, not knowing what he said. While he was saying this, a cloud came and overshadowed them, 
And they were fearful as they entered the cloud. And a voice came out of the cloud saying, this is my beloved son, hear him. And when the voice had ceased, Jesus was found alone. But they kept quiet and told no one in those days any of the things that they had seen. Several things here. When Jesus had a conversation with Moses and Elijah, these two men represent the entire Old Covenant. And the Old Covenant was a picture of the coming Messiah. Moses represents the law. Elijah represents the prophets. Jesus is the fulfillment of the law. And he is the prophet that Elijah would come prepare the way for. That's what John the Baptist was. He came in the spirit and power of Elijah. What did they talk about? What did they talk about? What did Moses have to say? What did Elijah have to say? What did Jesus talk to these two men about? On that mountain, in the midst of the glory cloud, he talked about his crucifixion. He talked about his death. He talked about his rejection. He talked about that no one will know me. No one will recognize me. They don't know who I am. They don't know where I have come from. And I will be lifted up. And it's exactly, and Moses could say that's what the law said would happen. Elijah could say this is what the prophet said would happen. And the glory that would come is on the third day. God willing to humble himself. Aren't you glad that Jesus was willing to humble himself? I mean, he had every reason uh, to, to say, we're not worth it. I don't know why he loves us. I don't know why. Do you know why he loves you? Why he loves us so much? Well, because he's God and he's, God is love. So he kind of has to. <laughs> no, it's much deeper than that. There is a mystery to the love that God has for us and what he has been willing to put up with and, and suffer and endure for us. But he was glorified and that resurrection. I, I wonder what they actually said, that conversation between Moses, Elijah, and Jesus. And yet afterwards, then Peter, what does Peter say? He goes, let's build three, what? Tabernacles. I used to kind of make fun of Peter because I would say, uh, wow, Peter, yeah, this is great, and let's just stay up here and build three condos and, you know, enjoy the kingdom of God. In reality, what Peter was probably saying was, the Feast of Tabernacles has come. The Feast of Tabernacles was where they built little booths, and that was a picture of when God finally lives once again with men and is not ashamed to be with them, as it was in the Garden of Eden with Adam and Eve. Actually, the Feast of Tabernacles, turn with me to Zechariah real quick, toward the end of the Old Testament there. And we'll finish with this. Zechariah chapter 14. So you remember how we described the glory of the Lord that left from the Mount of Olives? Zechariah 14 prophesies when the Messiah comes again. And notice, verse, well, let's start with verse 2. He says, For I will gather all nations to battle against Jerusalem. The city shall be taken, the houses rifled, the women ravished. Half of the city shall go to captivity, but the remnant of the people shall not be cut off from the city. Then the Lord will go forth and fight against those nations as he fights in the day of battle. And in that day, his feet will stand on the Mount of Olives. God's glory is coming right back to planet Earth where he left. Same place. Which faces Jerusalem on the east and the Mount of Olives shall be split in two from east to west, making a very large valley. Half of the mountain shall move toward the north and half of it toward the south. 
He literally is saying that an earthquake, when Jesus' feet touch the Mount of Olives, when the glory of God from heaven comes back to the earth to bring the kingdom, it splits in two and makes this tremendous valley. And literally, the earth's topography is transformed when he touches the creator of the universe, when his toes touch the Mount of Olives. The whole earth responds. It's as if the Mount of Olives bows before the touch of the king. Deserts blossom as the rose. Uh, The trees of the field are shaking their branches as if clapping for the king who has finally come. And the glory of the Lord fills the earth and his kingdom comes. Now, what also is interesting is, it says it actually in several places, but go to verse 16. And it shall come to pass that everyone who is left of all the nations which come against Jerusalem shall go up from year to year to worship the king, the Lord of hosts, and to keep the feast of tabernacles. And it shall be that whichever of the families of the earth did not come up to Jerusalem to worship the king, the Lord of hosts, on them there shall be no rain. <laughs> We're all going to be celebrating the Feast of Tabernacles. So in a sense, Peter was right. He saw a picture of the king who came on a mountain in transfigured, radiant clouds of glory. But it was not yet the time for him to permanently bring the kingdom yet. First, God had a whole bunch of Gentiles because up until that time, until the time Christ came, from Abraham until Christ had been 2,000 years, God predominantly bringing Jews and those who were proselytes among the Gentiles. But from the time of Christ until now, it's been from every nation, every language, every kindred and every tribe of all the nations of the earth into his church made up of both Jew and Gentile. So 2,000 years before, 2,000 years after, God has blessed all the nations of the earth and then his kingdom comes and the feast of tabernacles will be celebrated and we will see the Lord and Jesus I believe when he comes and brings his kingdom will literally sit on a throne in the city of Jerusalem it's like eternity and heaven and the earth are one and for a thousand years Jesus in his glorified body rules the nations. The only government is, it's a kingdom. And you got a king, he rules everything. Every major decision affecting every nation, every language, every kindred, every tribe, every people. How refreshing will it be to wake up and and know that, wow, Jesus is on the throne. No more votes, no more debates, no more problems, no more famine. No more war, no more disease, no more plagues, no more fighting, for the former things have passed away. Come quickly, Lord Jesus. Amen. Pastor Ray Bentley, with great encouragement to close today's study in the Gospel of Luke here on Maranatha Radio. Glad you've joined us today. Today's study is titled, Jesus is the Shekinah. If you missed any part, you can hear a replay on iTunes or at raybentley.com. That's raybentley.com. There at the homepage, there's a place to leave a written tribute to Pastor Ray's life and ministry. 
And by clicking Media, you'll see the words Watch, Radio, and Devo. Three ways to enjoy Pastor Ray's insights via video, audio recording, or daily devotions. In fact, at the very bottom of the page, you can arrange to receive Pastor Ray's daily devotions each day automatically at no charge. And also link to his YouTube and Facebook pages. So why not bookmark it? RayBentley.com. And you'll find Pastor Ray's books, including his brand new one, The Final Witness, and The Cyrus Mandate, both page-turning prophetic fiction novels in the Elijah Chronicles series. You'll see End Times Prophecy in a whole new light. And RayBentley.com is always where you'll find the best deals on Pastor Ray's resources. You can also donate securely right there on the site. Your investments help bring the whole gospel to the whole world. Our mailing address is Maranatha Radio, 10752 Coastwood Road, San Diego, California, 92127. Next time, join Pastor Ray for more from our studies in Luke. More from God's Word next time on Maranatha Radio. Maranatha, bringing the message of Christ's soon return, the whole gospel to the whole world. Maranatha Radio with Pastor Ray Bentley is an outreach of Maranatha Chapel, 10752 Coastwood Road, San Diego, California, 92127.